Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined, as always, with Johnny. Sup, Johnny? Sup? He says, sup. If this is your first time listening, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we are talking about the post-E3 apocalypse. That's what it is. Uh, But first, we're going to do some... uh, some housekeeping. Don't forget to visit our Discord server, discord.switchrpg.com. We have our Twitters at SwitchRPG. We have our Facebook at, I think it's facebook.com slash switchrpg.com, C-O-M, like Mary. Um, what else? We got the YouTube channel, SwitchRPG. Got a lot of stuff. Johnny, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a whole lot of, like, Two games, really. Um, I played a whole lot more of the Slate of Spire. Last time I said I think I beat it. Well, I didn't. Wrong. Uh, it was the heart <laughs> thing. And so you have to essentially uh, slash the heart with each of the main characters. And then that also unlocks uh, the fourth main character. There's only four characters. Um, or at least the version I have, there's only four characters. Uh, and you don't really need to do it with the fourth character. That unlocks like these three gems, and then uh, as you're doing runs, you pick up these gems. You have to decide to get pick up these gems, which is not it's not uh, good to pick these up because uh, you're passing up on a I think they're called relics. So you're passing up on like a passive buff that's going to stick with you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you pick them up as you go through, and then when you have all three of them and you reach the heart, you end up uh, fighting the heart. Um, and it's yeah, it, it turns into like this this super hard boss fight, which wasn't really that hard. It, it I got up to it once, it killed me, and then I got up to it again, and I just completely obliterated it. And beat the game, and then I, I've been beating the game multiple times with multiple characters, and now I'm just trying to beat it with all the characters that I haven't beat it yet, with yet. So of the four, I have fully beaten the game with two of the characters, and I'm just I got two more to go, I believe, and then I will have the game. Maybe, maybe I'm down to just one more left. See the it's, one, one or two more left. It sounds like a Johnny recommends Slay the Spire game, right? It's it's fun. It's good. It's um, I will say this. I enjoyed uh, what was that game that was buggy and delayed it, my save progress? It's been patched. Uh, Griftlands. They patched it. They did. It no longer. I can actually progress and hopefully maybe get my save. Progress. Back. Progress on. All right. I enjoy that that game more than Slay of the Spire. However, Slay of the Spire is a bit more arcadey and mm-hmm. eat and quicker on its runs, whereas there's that sort of story and RPG dialogue mechanic that's in um, Grifflands. And yeah. 
and I like that. And I, there's there's just a little bit more nuance to Grifflands and more of the RPG stuff in Grifflands that I really really like. So I like that one more. But that obviously came out after Slay of the Spire. Sure. So I would say to people, if you have to choose between one or the other, definitely get Grifflands. But choose but, both. They're both pretty dang good, right? They are both real good. I really enjoy Slay of the Spire. It's just fun. It's just you know good good romps. It's easier. Uh, they're both kind of easy though. Uh, w- once you kind of figure out how to like optimize and know which kind of powers to go with, and Slater Spire is certainly less balanced than um, than Grifflands, even though Grifflands is not like well balanced. It it's certainly better balanced than uh, Slater Spire. There's just some. It's like pretty obvious. Like there's some things that you just absolutely shouldn't do when you're when you're building your deck in Slay of the Spire, and you just avoid those things. There's, like, numerous times where the game offers you, like, choose between these three cards to add to your deck. And then I'm like, nope, no thanks. They're all junk. (laughs) (laughs) And then I fight the next room, and it's like, uh, here's a bunch, three more cards. I could I'm, like, looking at them, I'm like, nope, no thanks, I'm all set. Those Those are all pretty terrible, thank you, though. Yeah, yeah, it's all about getting the powers. You just get the power cards, and because the power cards are uh, are buffs, permanent buffs that yep. stick. That once you use the card, the card it burnt gets burned, right? And it's no longer part of that combat session, so you won't redraw it. And it gives you a a perma buff that will last for the rest of that combat. So it's kind of like building your little engine that could mm-hmm. with power cards, so that you eventually power yourself up and become like this like massive deck drawing reducing the cost of all actions dealing combo damage like crazy and blocking all the stuff type of uh whatever mechanism whatever machine you build with your deck whatever engine you want to yeah the power cards are part of that engine so um I mean it's pretty straightforward if anyone wants to know the secret sauce to deck building games Uh uh-oh what is it it's you get things that sort of combo with other things that that offer some sort of return on investment, long term return on investment. Johnny, and Johnny, you, Johnny, you're gonna have to wait. I, I gotta write this down. Oh, okay. And then the only other thing that you get is deck drawing. Deck drawing. You combine those two things, and you're kind of you're kind of done because damage will just automatically happen. Okay. That's like okay. ancillary. Yep, you don't yep. you don't just pick up. Oh, this card does. 50 damage like who cares no it's garbage right it doesn't matter that's, right all that, that all that matters is just being able to continue drawing from your deck that's the and way being I, able to continue playing cards that's probably why i feel a lot that's how i play okay and then i'm sorry what was number number one was uh combos like in, yeah. like in killer instinct combos okay cool combo killer yeah combo breaker Oh man! Right, that's the latest fire. I I have officially rolled the credits multiple times on that. Good stuff. And then uh, I play. I'm playing right now. A Icono class, which is not a new game, Mm-mm. but it is. Uh, it's been on Switch for I don't know at, at least a year, probably two years or longer. Uh, and it's a Metroidvania style game. Uh, more so on the Metroid side of things. Okay. It's real good. Real good. There is, the writing in that game is well, they are they are 
saying things. <laughs> they are they are definitely they have an agenda on on topics that they want to cover for the story, and they are sticking with it. And it is interesting because they're not painting by numbers. They're definitely they got something to say, and I'm listening, and I'm liking <laughs> it. I'm I'm liking what they have to say. It's weird. It's definitely weird. It's also like mature. It's it's not like the game looks kind of fluffy. And, yeah, right, right. I'm looking at that now. But it's not like like the the content of what they are talking about and what's going on. It's very it's it's religious. Uh and religion plays a big role into it and okay. it it's interesting. It's actually uh it's a good interesting story. Uh I'm playing more through it. I'm still going through the game. I'm definitely enjoying it. The all the mechanics of it, the the platforming and the exploration and all that. Real good stuff. The level design not so great. It it's not bad. It's just right, right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, the environments are like uh, they're they're okay. The main so. character is a is a mechanic, right? That's what I'm getting by here because I'm just I'm I'm actually on the eShop right now. And um, one of the bullet points as to, uh, like, you know, features or whatever it is, is hours of nut-twisting platform action-adventure. I just... Yes. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know she was a mechanic before that, so it was really... I just read that one bullet point, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute here. <laughs> you, you have a blaster and a wrench. And yeah. your wrench also it's a melee weapon, but it's also like a, a reflect weapon. So if you hit a projectile with your wrench, you can reflect it back. And you kind of use your wrench to solve puzzles, and uh your wrench is used for platforming as well. And it's uh it's a really good because the wrench um they have that you know how in uh metroidvanias you can kind of like if you're skilled at like wall jumping you can kind of like skip or access certain areas they don't typically should have access to well you can do that in this game they sort of bake that into there so like the people who made the game definitely knew like how to make a metroidvania game so it checks a lot of those boxes in a very good way it's a well-designed game it's also like really fast-paced i really like it Mm. like it's game's just like like yep let's do this let's go come on let's yeah let's do that what are you waiting for go what are you yeah like like when you're going through the menus it's like very snappy and just like like yeah let's do this right it's just like keeps you on a move um it is a solo solo developer solo developer solo yeah joaquin sandberg i mean he's not he he looks like he has a publisher uh, Bifrost Entertainment, but yeah, developers uh, jo- Joachim or uh, yeah, Joachim Sandberg. Wow. Okay. Uh, maybe solo f- up until a point, and then yeah, got- yeah, maybe maybe obviously a lot of these guys don't um compose their own stuff, so he probably has a composer in there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but well, good job by by this person, especially if if they also did the story. Uh. Like they they had an idea for a game and they are landing it. Uh, it's just it's just weird because the story content like doesn't match the the imagery that you see. Right, right, right. I see that. Yeah, but it's it's good. 
it's good. Uh, and then the other game I played is uh, Neo: The World Ends with You. The demo for that dropped. Oh yeah. Uh, not too long ago, and I gave that a little run through, and it feels it. It was just a big giant reminder of like, oh, this is yeah, this is the world ends with you. It it feels like it. Uh, regarding sort of the setup, because okay. I, I didn't want to go too much through it. But the setup of what it's doing, it almost seems like this is they're disregarding everything that happened in, in the first one. And this is like it's almost like a remake or something like that. Yeah, because I haven't come across anything that acknowledges that the first reaping game or reapers game happened. And it seems like this is a, a reset button and this is the first reapers game or whatever so it's it's definitely its own story it's definitely this is a brand new thing but it's like it's like they sort of scrapped everything from the first one and they're ignoring the first one but they're also like building it as if it is its own first intro into the world ends with you that a good thing yes yeah okay because it means it means you don't have to play the original in order to understand what's going on yeah. on you'll definitely bring in a whole new audience especially for someone like me who's never played the original um and also not having cuz i again i know about the original but again i've never played it how it was very touch screen oriented whereas this one does it have touch screen as well does it do both does it how how does that work uh it probably does i never bothered with any of the touch screen stuff it never i never even knew that the touchscreen stuff existed because I was just playing the game with standard control controller. Okay. Well, that's good. It's a um, when you get into combat, that's where you're going to get into the actiony type stuff. You have a dodge, uh, and each of your attacks are mapped to different to uh, the Y X. I'm not sure if the A button gets mapped. The L R and Z R Z L buttons those all can get mapped and the way they map is you get party members and each party member so you get three party members and each one you assign a badge to or uh sorry a pin to and that pin is your ability your attack whatever it's going to do and depending on the pin the way it attacks could be different like one pin might want you to hold the r button and then release it hold it hold it for like to charge it up and then release it to do like this powerful charged up attack. Another pin might want you to just quickly rapidly press the button in order to do rapid fire attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are going to be rapid fire melee. Another pin will be rapid fire, but range. Another pin will be um, something like uh, hold the button and you'll do this continuous flamethrower type of attack up until you deplete that pin and then it goes into a cooldown all the pins will go into a cooldown so they kind of have like a number of activations and then they go into their own individual cooldowns so your pins are abilities and they have their own way of working and you can assign each of these pins to whichever character you want and depending on which button you're pushing that character is the one that you are that you switch to and actively control and are doing those attacks. Does that make sense? 
it's it's a little confusing um but it sounds like while you're playing it there really isn't it's really fine right like it's understandable there aren't any issues it it is um it is a little it takes a just a little bit to get used to because okay. it's a very fast paced combat very very fast paced because you're you're going up to enemies you're rapid blasting them to build up a combo and um you kind of build up this meter thing what they call it like the beat combo or the beat system or something like that and after you sort of get a few number of hits with one character uh you create this window of opportunity to keep the beat going but you in order to do that you have to switch you have to hit the that that same enemy because there is a lock-on system you have to hit that same enemy with a different character so you want to switch to a different character that obviously uses a different pin that has a different method of attacking in order to c- continue that beat. Because at the end of the combat, you're going to get ranked on how well you did. And keeping that beat going keeps your combos higher to get more points at the end. Uh, you also have to worry about dodging. And then you're also not fighting against just one enemy. You're fighting against multiple enemies at the same time. And also... Uh, if you're doing good with your combos and you're keeping up the beat, you're building up this sort of team superpower meter. Mm-hmm. And you can activate that once you fill up that gauge. It's, like, uh, it's so, like a big, big attack. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those big type of attack things. Yep. Cool. You think it's yep. something you're going to fully dive into? You're going to purchase or... Uh, I played enough to know that it doesn't run. Uh, it does. It it runs fine, right? It didn't have any uh, major performance issues. Uh, it it was fine. Okay. So from what I played, it was fine. Visually, it looks fine, right? No complaints, both on the performance end and on the visuals. I know it's uh, not running 1080p. I, I know it's not running a steady 30 frames per second. It's not running less than 30 frames per second, but it's not running at at a locked 30 frames per second. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, it's a little bit higher than 30 frames per second. That's no, I'm, what tell, I'm telling you, are you buying this? Are you going to oh, buy it? I'm, I'm going to wait for the reviews. <laughs> As always. As always. As always. <laughs> I was trying to see if I was going to get you. Because for all I know, it's it's cause there is a lot of similarity to way uh, it's sort of it indicated to me like this is gonna play just like the world ends with you, yeah. but in three D, right. which is which is great. But I already did that experience and it was great, and I just want to make sure I'm gonna wait for the reviews to make sure it's gonna be worthwhile. Yeah, this... if it's well, like I'm definitely gonna pick it up because it was doing all the things that I remember being fascinated with right uh, it, it didn't go into like details on the the food system or uh it might have been the demo i just didn't get to that point okay uh, and it had placeholders for it in the menus when you navigate to the menus there i was just locked out of it yeah uh, the other major thing is the uh the clothing the the style system mm-hmm. <laughs> the branding uh that you can do while wearing it um it it's real cool how they implemented it in the first game. They have it in this one. I don't know to what extent and whether they expanded it yet. So, I'm looking so it seems like the demo was pretty expansive, where you just you didn't even possibly you didn't get to play all of it. 
I, I played all of the first day and then okay. I stopped uh, during the second day. Yep. And I don't know if it takes you all the way through to the second day sure. as well. Sure. Yep. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. All right. My turn. Yeah. My turn. All right. Yeah. I've been, uh, if you follow the YouTube channel, I've been playing Baldur's Gate uh, Dark Alliance. Now, obviously, this is an older, older remake. Um, I plan on finishing it. That's the plan, anyway. I, I, I'm playing as a mage-type character, and I will tell you, I don't think the game was ever intended to be... Um, I, I feel like I'm taking, I've taken a difficult route. Uh, if I was, say, for example, a melee character, I, it would probably be uh, maybe a little bit easier. I find it's more challenging with a mage-type character. And, and it's kind of hard to, like, as you're running through these dungeons... If you picture like your Diablo-esque type games where you can rerun the same dungeon over and over and over again to kind of maybe gain experience or loot or things of that nature, that is completely gone in Dark Alliance. That 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 is not even an option. So I can't go revert back to like previous dungeons that I've completed and maybe possibly gain an edge on the enemies to try and help me advance through. That again, like like I said, that's completely not even an option. So it, it it is kind of challenging in that in that aspect. I kind of wish that was there. That maybe that's a you know a product of its time that wasn't even really a thing. But I do think I want to say Diablo two was around that same time. So I I don't know where where that line fell, but that's the way they chose to do it. So I am running through that. I'm like I said, I plan on on completing it. Um, I I want to say I'm probably halfway to seventy five percent there. I'm kind of in between there. Say sixty percent. Um, so is it, uh, randomly generated or procedurally generated the, the levels they are going through? I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know, because like I said, if you try and rerun the same dungeon, it's basically just think of it as floors all right? or su like sewer levels or your sewer level one, sewer level two, sewer level three or whatever. Um, that's just how it's run. So I really can't tell if it's procedurally generated because if you go back to the previous levels, they're the same. So I, I I'm gonna say that they're not, but okay. the loot is random. So the, those are procedurally generated, I guess. Um, it yep. is random loot. So if I go after, if I scum save and try and get some better loot out of a chest, I guess you could potentially do that because you're gonna get different loot out of that chest every time. Um. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's not bad. I I mean it it. It definitely leaves you wanting more in terms of uh, a better, like, Dia uh, like in terms of what Diablo has to offer. So when that comes out, you're, I think we'll get a better experience out of Diablo. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing that. I did play the, uh, speaking of demos, you had played the Neo demo. I played the Monster Hunter Stories 2 demo because I am a child and you are... You are also a child because I think that's oh, yeah. yeah. So we're both children. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I I want to say like I never played the original Monster Hunter stories, and I know I made fun of myself saying you know it's um it's I I want to say it's geared towards a younger audience and maybe part of that is because of the battle mechanic. It's kind of like your rock paper people call it rock paper scissors. Basically, um, I think it's a technique speed and power each beats one of those things so uh that's basically how the fighting or the combat mechanic works so if you're fighting 
a an enemy or or whatever they they fight in a particular style and you have to counteract that style um that way now i want to say and cr i don't know if you've played it or not or maybe it's even in the original one if you've played that one that each it's it's the same as monster hunter rise or any monster hunting game where you have to actually l visually look at the enemy and that is could is and could be a representation of what style they're fighting um and then you have a better idea as to what to counteract it with i only got that kind of closer to the end of my demo experience so I, I it took me a while to pick up on that because i'm a little slow you know what i mean but um i, I think that's kind of a, a cool type of thing where you can actually get a visual representation of what is happening here um but it was a it was really a substantial there's a lot going on in there to say that it's for for children or a younger audience it might be a little tougher you know for a younger audience to fully understand what is going on because i think there's actually a decent amount there especially in the demo I, if you haven't played the demo definitely pick it up i think it's visually looks really really cool i like the story it's definitely something i'm getting i'm not gonna wait for reviews because i got the collector's edition i'm a schmuck i couldn't stay away from it so that's that um but it is definitely something i i think i'm gonna be really really into i am gonna try and get my son to get into it maybe i can get you know because like i said it's geared towards a younger audience but he just might be a little too young he's only eight years old and i think a lot of it might be just going over his head just maybe a little too complicated for him had he been maybe like 12 13 you know i think he it'd be you know probably better for him but definitely recommend recommend the game um now i do want to also take note this is non-switch rpg related i know that's taboo and i always yell at you johnny after the fact for doing this okay <laughs> um but it does have to do with an rpg it actually has to do with dungeons and dragons dark alliance not Baldur's gate dark alliance but dungeons and dragons dark alliance this is the new one that's on uh, i think it's on everything else but the switch because obviously the switch you know really can't handle it so i'm playing it on my xbox or at least i'm trying to play it on my xbox i was initially able to play the tutorial area in dungeons and dragons dark alliance i had no problems kind of going through it i'm kind of preparing ahead of time because i have a group of friends that are willing to play with me group of uh, three other people so we have a party of four great all right let me just get a head start i'll blast through this tutorial thing not a big problem okay they're not able to play that day fine whatever the next day everyone's able to play fantastic let's go get started geo goes to get started hits the button for dark alliance splash screen comes up a little loading kind of circle counter in the bottom left it shuts my xbox off hmm that's kind of weird right okay let's try it again it does the exact same thing again i'm like okay this is kind of getting serious all right this my xbox is not playing any games so what do i go for i go for the most broken game i have cyberpunk 2077 update it update it 80 gigs oh man i haven't played that in a while 80 gigs of updates it plays like a freaking dream or a nightmare however you want to whatever you want to say it plays i don't have a problem I'm like okay so i play that for a half hour i'm like okay maybe it's overheated even though i just turned it on whatever so i'm playing okay let's go back to dark alliance boom shuts off my xbox again <laughs> all right let's uninstall it reinstall it 45 minutes later here we are again same 
boat again. It keeps continuing to shut off my Xbox. What does Geo do next? I hit the Google machine. All right, Google, tell me someone else has this problem. No one has this problem. It's just Geo. Freaking fantastic. Let me reset everything. I reset my entire Xbox, right? My entire Xbox. That's a freaking long time. I got to wait for everything to reinstall. Eh, it wasn't really everything. I just pretty much did the, the, the bare bones. Let's get Dark Alliance back on there. Everything's been reset, right? No problems. Same freaking thing again. Shuts off the... The Xbox. I was about to say some bad words there. <laughs> Shuts off the Xbox. All right, fantastic. Let me let me um let me really get into the nitty gritty. I'm gonna go to Reddit. I don't like going to Reddit. I think it's a very toxic place. Let me uh, go to let me go to the subreddit for Dark Alliance. Just kind of search through, search through, search through. Again, no one has this issue but Geo. All right, you know what? I've told my party I can't play with them anymore. They've already picked someone else up. So now I'm I'm a party. Um, Party of five. Geo's on the back back burner. Geo can't play anymore. Okay, I've I've tried I've tried so many things. I've reset everything. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not a 4K game uh, at 120. Maybe I can downgrade it to 1080 30. Again, same problem. Like I've tried so many stupid little things. I work in IT, so it's kind of my thing where I just kind of progressively just work through problem after problem. Kind of all right. Let's work this out. Let's work that out. I tried for two days. And I've given up. I can't play um, it. So when you said you reset your Xbox, does that mean like a format? Factory reset. Wow. And, and that it, didn't solve it. It did nothing. But the problem is I was able to play it once. And then after that, never again. Oh, man. Did you die or something? Is it like, did you enable like hardcore permadeath mode or something? <laughs> I can't even start the game. <laughs> Is it that hardcore where you die, you can't play anymore? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, just, man. Such a... Everything. I was so... I'm Out of all the... Here's the thing, though. Like, out of all the party members, I'm probably the most excited to play. And now I can't freaking play. I'm like, okay. How about... It's on Game Pass. I have Game Pass. <clears throat> Let me try another Game Pass. Maybe it's Game Pass. Maybe Game Pass is the problem. Yep. So I downloaded Yakuza Like a Dragon. I have it. I own it. I don't. I didn't install it on there. Let me download it from Game Pass. Wait for it. I'm able to play. Not a freaking problem. I just don't get it. Anyway. So that, is, <laughs> is, is that game, uh, you have it physically and you installed it physically? Dark Alliance? No. Yeah. Strictly Game Pass? <clears throat> Strictly Game Pass. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was able to play. I played Skyrim. I'm like, wow. Skyrim looks freaking fantastic. What did they do? So, so, so freaking mad. Oh. <clears throat> and now, now I'm out of the party, Johnny. I'm out of the party. They, they've, 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 they found someone else. Oh, it's, looks like you got uh, grifted. Whatever. By grift, you, you got the <clears throat> griftland bug. Sc screw the party. That's what I say. I'm gonna be a lone wolf now. Anyway. Well, let's get into uh, some of these new game announcements. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. We only got one for this week. Again, we're, this is the post-E3 apocalypse. This is what generally happens. Everybody announced their stuff either prior to E3 or at E3. So now we're just kind of waiting. Uh, there's a lot of games being released, especially this month. There's a lot of decent ones. So we mentioned a couple of them that we played the demo for. Um, uh, also, another one I played the demo for, I don't think I mentioned it, was Yeast 9. That's actually coming out in like a week. So, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Square Enix announces a brand new Mana console game. Now, we all know, or maybe we don't all know, but they are coming out with a smartphone game called Echoes of Mana. Um, but during their 
um what was it their 30th anniversary thing here uh let's just read here this is from my nintendo new square enix has confirmed that they are hard at work at a brand new manic console experience and also the smartphone thing, which I just mentioned. The new smartphone game is uh, Echoes of Mana and appears to be a worldwide release rather than just a, in Japan. Now, the console mana game hasn't been given a title and platforms yet to be confirmed. Square Enix is also planning an anime, which I think is going to be really cool, um, along with the anime series for Final Fantasy IX. Um, but why we're getting these inclinations that they're coming out with something new is that the series creator, Koichi Ishii, says he will pour all that all the energy that fans have given to him into a new game. So with him saying that, I guess maybe something's at work. I really hope something is at work. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mean uh we we briefly discussed this before recording and mm -hmm. I mentioned hey they got that really nice looking Trials of Mana engine done, a mm. game released on it. So my guess is they're using that work and springboarding a whole new entry into the franchise based on utilizing the uh, the efforts that they put in there. So if I had to guess, it's going to play a little similar to what they did in Trials of Mana, but hopefully they expand on it and put in uh, more nuanced design and complexity and, and uh, potentially uh, a different sort of uh environment navigation because it, it felt a little grounded everything felt a little like you were in you're surrounded by walls right 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 everywhere yeah. yeah so so you couldn't really explore freely explore so maybe they changed that up so yeah uh, that, I'm that, would, for it. that would definitely be interesting I, I, i'm i'm really i've always been a fan of the mana games so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they uh they do utilize something of what the Trials of Mana did, because that was their newest take on the Mana experience. That was their recreation of a Mana game. So if they work based off that, I think the Switch could definitely handle handle something um, of yeah. that nature. So yeah, that'd be kind of kind of cool. And they need to get multiplayer. Get multiplayer going. Yeah. Do yeah, it's a it's a shame Trials of Mana didn't get that multiplayer um, experience uh, yeah. where it was in the original, but not but not in this one. So, yeah, I mean, me personally, multiplayer, um, local multiplayer doesn't really affect me uh, because I have no one. I think that's uh, not many people do that anymore. Everything's kind of everyone's just so far away uh, that you don't get that couch co-op experience a lot. So. At least I don't. Speak for yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeast 9 Monster Knox file size for Nintendo Switch is a mere 3.2 gigabytes. That is really kind of surprising. Yeah, it's it's quite small compared to uh to just most other games, but you know, what that probably means is we're not going to get like big giant lengthy um dialogue events and and sort of cutscenes. i mean mostly i m most of the time when you have like big giant games like their cutscenes are actually videos that play and they kind of right. they kind of interrupt actual gameplay rendering uh with video feeds pre-recorded video feeds and then they switch back to gameplay and they do it kind of seamlessly because they render the video in game 
using in-game graphics, so you don't really notice the difference. Sure. Uh, so they've gotten sne- sneaky about it, but <laughs> when they do stuff like that, and a lot of games do this, uh, Doom, uh, I believe, does it, and uh, uh, Mass Effect uh, did it, and a, a bunch of games uh, do this, and they still do it. You increase the, the file size dramatically because a movie is essentially they're they're putting a a cutscene, but as a movie instead of rendering it using in-game assets, so it's sort of building itself on the fly dynamically. It's right. it's pre-recorded, so it just you have to have the data there, and then it doesn't really have to like spend all this processing effort uh, to re-render everything. It's just showing a video, right? Now, I'm not going to say I didn't believe the article because, I mean, I was just surprised that it was that small. So I'm like, all right, I played Lacrimosa of Dana. I played Yeast, Yeast 8, right? How, how big is that game? That game, Yeast 8, Lacrimosa of Dana, this is the... 1.1. The, I'm much? guessing. I'm guessing 1.1. You would be so wrong. Um, it is actually 14.8 gigabytes. Whoa, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, here's here's the thing though. Like, um, Yeast Eight also has a lot of. I think it has some DLC and some added on stuff. I, I don't I don't see that on the eShop right now. So I don't know if it takes all that into account. But even so, like, that is a massive, massive difference, right? Like, even yeah. if if you yeah. were to take away, I know a lot of it was cosmetic stuff, so it can't really be adding on a whole lot. Nah, definitely not. But holy cow, 14, you go from yeast 8, 14 point, what I say? 14.8 to yeast 9, which is 3.2. That's like, a, that's a massive, massive difference. That is a massive difference. Maybe uh, yeast 8 did a lot of what I was mentioning before. It either had heavy amounts of voice acting or heavy amounts of pre-rendered footage. Yeah. Baked into the into the game. Yeah, I I I I would have to do a little bit of digging, and I'll and I'll and I'll say that regarding any DLC or anything like that, it might take all of that into consideration. I just don't remember what the add-ons were. I know that there are add-ons. I don't even know where I could find that because it's not on the eShop. And they might have even done something like uh, they included uh, the whatever the Japanese voice track. Uh, that you can switch on the fly. When games do that, right, you're essentially doubling your audio. Right. Especially if they're including the soundtrack. Like, here's the Japanese soundtrack. Here's the English soundtrack. Here's the Japanese voiceover. Here's the English voiceover. Right? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of data. Okay. All right. So here's here's a, here's a, another thing here. So I'm at the... I'm at the website called Deku Deals, so you can basically see what's on the eShop. You get, like, all these... You can see what's on sale, all that stuff. It's a really nice website. So I just put in Monstrum Knox. okay? There are two pages of add-ons, so there's a lot of stuff here. Now let me put in um, Dana. Maybe there is... Uh, we're doing this all live. All live. On the fly. Dana also has um, again twenty four items. It's just less lesser amount, but I'm looking at it and it's all pretty cosmetic stuff. I'm not seeing any major DLC type of stuff. 
So yeah, I don't know. That's 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 pretty surprising. They did maybe they did do a lot of uh, extra content, like you said. Maybe those um, those FMVs, those tracks, all that stuff. I don't know. That that's that's what I'm thinking. I think they just included uh, everything in the kitchen sink with uh, Yisei. That is. I don't, think, I don't think it's a uh, DLC because DLC usually isn't big on downloads. Usually it's just cosmetics and I don't know, you you get a different sound effect or something. Could it, could it be where maybe patches, you know, the way that I'm guessing they're on different engines, right? Maybe the way the patches were worked that they just needed to really compound and it compounded and it compounded to where it just bloated the game or maybe the Nox version is just more, more refined. No, I, I think I, it's I'm reaching here. I would have to say it's they either included like alternate languages, like multiple alternate languages in the same package. Like they mm-hmm. took like French and the Spanish voiceovers. Um, Zelda did that, right? Where you could it had you could switch to the Spanish, the French. Did you have voice- to download it or was it all included? Uh, that I don't know, but maybe they did something like that hmm. where it's part of it and you could just switch it in the main menu and all of a sudden you have the Japanese voiceover and the Spanish and the French and whatnot. Um, and that would be a, an increased size. And if you will have to find out, I mean, it's easy to just take hmm. ESATE, take a look at the localization uh, that's available, the options that are available in that. And then take East Nine when it eventually releases and see what's available there. And if yeah. there's you know the same amount of la- voiceover switching and and soundtracks and whatnot, if those are similar, then what it probably is, is Eight probably had uh, pre-rendered video footage yeah. on along with it. And East Nine, they did it in engine. They rendered in engine. Yeah, that I think is probably that has to be it because even the supported languages they're both the same they're both english and french i'm surprised there's no japanese there but yeah i mean that's crazy this is almost five times the size right (laughs) Mm -hmm. or or one-fifth the size of the eight that's a big difference yeah that's massive all right cool uh next we have forever entertainment says it's now pub- it's has a publishing agreement with Nintendo. This is kind of kind of cool because they the these are the folks who recently did the uh was it a remaster of Panzer Dragoon? Is that what it was? Panzer Dragoon and House of the Dead remakes. They uh they now have a deal. Uh it looks like it's going to be exclusive. What does it say here on my Nintendo news says forever entertainment, the developers behind Panzer Dragoon remakes, along with the upcoming House of the Dead remakes, have said in a press release that they will they have entered a publishing agreement with Nintendo to presumably publish some of their remakes exclusively on the popular Nintendo Switch system. The Polish press release has been translated by Reset Era members Cass C. The Polish developer recently announced that it has entered an agreement with Square Enix to help remake some of their older titles. Today's press release says Forever Entertainment now has significant financial backing from Nintendo. There we go. So that's where Mario RPG comes back. 
is with these guys. Uh, dude, so, so these, this is where, you know, where we've entered that territory where we were wondering like, all right, where is Mario RPG? Why isn't that available on Nintendo online? That's because Square Enix and Nintendo kind of have a, a thing there, especially specifically for that game. I think that game is kind of in limbo as to who's, <laughs> who owns it. I don't, I don't even know. Um, but that's the first game that comes to mind, right? You know, they have, they have, um, they're specifically working with Nintendo and older Square Enix titles. So I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Like that, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, it could be, I mean, why would Nintendo, yes, they're getting exclusives, but why would Nintendo? All right. So here's the thing. Like the company went to Square and is like, Hey, we'll remake some of your old stuff. And then the company went to Nintendo and is like, hey, we need money to make some of Square's stuff. <laughs> and we'll give you exclusive exclusivity to it. Right. There's a connection. I, you're not, you know, I wasn't even thinking of Mario RPG, but then you you brought I, that up and quickly... I said, I said the words. You said the words, and now the, the moons and stars are starting to align. <laughs> All seven of them stars. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what uh, you did there. Yeah. Spoiler alert! It's not a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert! You gotta, you gotta tell the people. But yeah, that, that's exactly what I think of. I, I thought of uh, Mario RPG. I'm, I was trying to think of maybe some older Square Enix titles again, really kind of retro type of stuff um, that maybe they could come up with. I don't. Again, we'd have to go into into the Wayback Machine. Well, you know, if they're doing if they're doing square stuff, I Mario RPG, yes, absolutely. That game is absolutely fantastic. And if they do a remake and, you know, remove some of the the older jank and put in some nice uh updated mechanics but kind of keep the game as it was more or less, mm -hmm. but update the old stuff, right? Like sign me up. But there's a whole lot of Final Fantasy, old Final Fantasies that are screaming for a good, legitimate remake. Are you talking about the Pixel remasters that are just now coming out for Steam or PC only? And they are very steamy? They are very... Can I talk about the font and how ugly the font is on those? Goodness, uh, like, what? You, come on. If you, I understand you want a Pixel Perfect game, but the, the font needs to kind of match it just looks so out of place terrible yeah but you know you know we have um chrono trigger chrono trigger could be a possibility for these guys i, I know that that's like the holy grail for, for some people and some yeah. people just want to you know leave it alone um well i mean here, here's the kicker of chrono trigger if they remake it and they flop in any which way shape or form yeah. which is highly likely because the original is so great. If they mess it up, who That's, cares? You who, still have Chrono Trigger. Oh, man. yeah. You still have Chrono Trigger, but man, I don't know that Nintendo... Number one, I don't think Nintendo would want to release a product that was not done to their standards. So I'm, I'm sure with them having some back, financial backing or even Square Enix, like they're going to want a good product out there. So let's just say that right yeah, there. Yeah, but... Chrono Trigger has nothing to do with Nintendo, so... Right, yeah, yeah. 
Because they brought that over on the PlayStation with uh, whatever it was, Final Fantasy Anthology or something mm. like that. One of those compilations had Chrono Trigger on it. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I, I think this the sky is kind of the limit here. Um, we can see some of the older Dragon Warrior games, but I think, don't we have some of those on Nintendo Online? Thought yeah, they all. Yeah. I think they all released, yeah. And they're doing, uh, they're doing the Dragon, Dragon Quest uh, 3, right? The H, yeah, HD2D or whatever yeah, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that looks, that looks, that's how you do it. That's how you do a remake right there. Yeah, but I don't know if Forever Entertainment is behind that at all. No, nah, no, nah, they're probably not. I'm not saying to do it that way. I'm just saying, like, they, that team that's doing the, the Dragon Quest 3 remake, they are putting in the effort. And they're yeah. doing it that way, which is fine. No one has to copy that. They're just, you could just tell just by when you watch that trailer, like, yes, they're, they are putting in the effort to remake an old game. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, All right, cool. That's awesome. Next, we have Monster Hunter Rise version 3.1. I cannot keep up with these versions, man. I'm going to tell you that. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, most of what this is is the simple little cosmetic event quest type stuff. No new monsters, uh, no new uh, weapons, uh, and not, nothing really major or, or too substantial. Little bits of content. And most of it, though, however, on this patch is just bug fixes. Yeah, I'm looking at this giant list. Holy cow. It is massive. They fixed every... There are are some weird corner cases here where they they could just ignore. I mean, and no one would really care. They fixed it. They fixed, like, everything. (laughs) This is impressive. They are spending so much time polishing... What is what was already a very polished game? This thing is shining. It's glimmering. It's like a diamond now. Well, <laughs> they're also prep. You know, it's this is your base, right? This is what you're prepping for, like DLC to be put on top of. So you, if you want more people to purchase that, you got to show like you have a really solid base here, and and that's definitely what they're doing. Well, they're they're kind of done. I don't. I'm not expecting any new major. DLC updates for the game, right? Just- right, but what I'm saying is, is your base, your your bugs, all that stuff is is kind of getting wrung out, is getting cleaned yeah. up. But those bugs are hardly no. I mean, all right, here here's an example: <laughs> fixed a bug preventing the auto shout out quote when a monster is limping end quote from activating for guest during multiplayer's. I, I was playing and, and I was wondering, I was playing with someone and I was wondering, I'm like, why aren't they shouting that the monster is injured? And I wrote to Capcom an angry letter. I mailed it to them, stamp and all. They got it. They fixed it. Thank you. But I mean, honestly, this is probably all stuff like people aren't, haven't complained about this, Raph, or, you know, no, this is all stuff in, in development or in, in-house like they've noticed that all right this guy's not freaking shouting whatever it is we gotta fix that so they make note of it they fix it yeah look kudos to them they they're just polishing a absolutely fantastic game of the year Mm -hmm. and uh they're just making it even better and if if people are still out there and they haven't gotten monster on a rise 
Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. I, I, I will say that it's, it is not for everyone. The combat um, is a little heavy. It's heavier co- uh, weighted combat, and not everyone likes that. Everyone likes the immediate button push uh, action no. and nope. cancel okay. out of it easily. I don't like that. I like the heavier I combat. know. I, I, I said most people. You are, you are not <laughs> most people. <laughs> I do like the fast stuff too, but I, yeah. I prefer the weighty stuff. So I, I think it definitely has, you know, it's, it's core audience, no doubt about it, but to try and bring someone over, I'll give you my, an example. My brother-in-law, he, he, he really loves the look and style. He loves it all, but he just, I can't get into the combat. I'm like, say, well, yeah, you push a button. You better be freaking committed. Cause you're, you're attacking. Yep. So I don't know. Um, Speaking of Monster Hunter, we have uh, the demo. The Monster Hunter Stories Two demo is is out, as we've mentioned before. I do recommend playing that because I do think it's really worth your time. Also, Capcom is holding a special Monster Hunter Stories Two live stream on July second. Now, what they'll be showing off is a launch trailer, some co op gameplay behind the scenes, and a title update info. I'm not sure what that is at all, but just know that it'll be uh, it's a thing. It's going to happen. Yeah, and for, for the next one, we kind of already talked about it uh, at length. So, Neo: The World Ends with You, a new trailer released, uh, showing more of the the intro uh, video bit of the game, uh, as well as the demo is now available. So, if you're interested, even if you've never even heard of it, if it looks weird, just download the demo and try it out. The game's actually good. Like when you're running through Shibuya, the buildings morph and warp that's pretty you. cool i i think i'm gonna tr- i'm gonna try it too uh we will be having some video uploaded to youtube uh my friend rich over at switch rpg has uh produced that for us so that'll be up on the youtubes probably in the next day or so uh, but square enix says that the switch version of the saga frontier remaster has produced the most sales not surprising switch is bomb switch is gangsta um so we see that with a lot of a lot of titles that are multi-platform uh, so that is good to hear. Always good to hear. That means more games will come to us. Also, Japan, the next Nintendo Online game trial is for Valkyria Chronicles. Now, I don't know if that will come to the West here. Not entirely sure. But, again, I think you can kind of just create a Japanese account. And yep. this game is, uh, it has been, it's been already here. So you can certainly give that a shot. So the game trial, I think you mentioned that it's basically... It opens up the entire game for possibly like a week weekend or so. Yeah, and usually weekend. Yep. Yeah, so you get you get a try at that. Um, so that is a thing. Also, X staff. At, I'm sorry, X Atlas staff reveals a Monarch opening video. So they're 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 the new game Monarch. I think we've mentioned it in the last podcast episode. So the there are some X Atlas developers who are making a game called Monarch. This is their opening video. I, I wasn't impressed with the gameplay um, in Monarch, but this this um, opening video is kind of cool. It is very tropey for anime, especially nowadays, but um, it is definitely worth a watch. I think it'll get some people pumped up, uh, some people into it. So, Yep, it, it checks the boxes <clears throat> for things that make anime cool. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Check, uh, check, check. I will say it's n- newer anime, not like your older anime. Anyway... Um, next we have Aiden Chronicle planned for next gen Nintendo hardware. So this is, I, I just wanted to put this out there. This is, um, this was bothering me. This is the only reason why we're talking about this. I've been, I've been in a really 
angry mood recently. So this is to go along with the Dark Alliance thing. It's totally set me off. Um, but I'm seeing this kind of take off as new news, and it really is not new news. So Aiden Chronicles, if you're not familiar with it, these are the folks who have, uh, or ex-developers of Suikoden. Konami doesn't know what to do with Suikoden anymore. So these guys be like, okay, let's throw a Kickstarter in. We'll do it. We'll have a successful Kickstarter launch, but wait, we need more money. So we have publishers now. I'm just kind of giving you a quick synopsis. So they now they got a publisher along with them. They're also, I think they're also releasing another game alongside Aiden Chronicle. But anyway, uh, the the developers talk about a next-gen Nintendo hardware. So a lot of people are, are assuming that they're talking about the Nintendo Switch Pro, but this was... This was known months and months ago when that, when this Kickstarter was launched. What they specifically kind of said was, not specifically, what they kind of roundabout said is that they're going to go multi-platform. They want to go on the Switch, but this kind of this new iteration of Switch is, eh, we don't know if it can handle it. So if there's something else, like a new Switch, it could potentially go on to that. So... A lot of people are just now picking up on this, and I think it's because of a, a new developer interview that that kind of just is, is, again, being released. So what platform, this is one of the questions, what platforms will Aiden Chronicle 100 Heroes release on day one? As originally I uh, pledged to the backers, the game will be released on Xbox One, Xbox Series, all of Xbox, PlayStation 4, 5, Steam, Epic, and Nintendo's next generation hardware. Uh, so again, that's where again people are just latching on to this Nintendo Switch Pro thing. I, again, I'm not a, a denier of the Nintendo Switch Pro, but I mean, are we all, are we all really just that desperate and looking for confirmation about it that we're we're all of a sudden you know raising this <laughs> this interview and you know this is proof of a Nintendo Switch Pro um, coming? We all know it's coming. We just you just gotta wait, right? Reiterating old news, kind of. Yeah, so it's just rehashing thing, and it just bothers me that like, and they're not the only one. This is um, uh, who is this? This is on Nintendo Everything, and I, and I love Nintendo Everything. It's not just them. I saw this on Eurogamer. I saw this on Kotaku. I've seen this on so many other things. It's just all of a sudden like doing it all over again. It's like what? What are we doing here? Like we're we're not new about this. Are we? This is like. They're just trying to, I don't know, get the clicks, I guess. Anyway, um, Disgaea 6 has recently been released, and um, it's kind of doing okay. I, I think, obviously, the plan was for it to not do, or for it to be excellent. I think it's kind of falls short of that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it looks to be a bit more of the same. Uh, not too much uh not really changing things up too much uh and i mean if you've played one disgaea game you kind of played most disgaea games with some some differences here and there um it's this is certainly the best looking one of the bunch yeah. um visually but they were never really like these games were never really trying to be the best of looking uh tactical rpgs um so i mean they it is a semi-flawed series uh, with some really good, solid uh, mechanics and grind. And if you like to grind on tactical RPGs with a good combat system, then Disguise for you. 
Mm-hmm. If you're not a fan of Disgaea and you're looking to get into tactical RPGs, I would recommend finding a different tactical RPG, hmm. an older one like Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre. Right. Uh, let's let's stick to the Switch though. I mean, what if if Disgaea Six is uh, potentially not their thing? And just by the way, this also released on the 29th, so it's been it's been a day. I think there's still probably some reviews to be coming in, but you did mention. Previously, uh, before we recorded, that the Metacritic is around 74, with about 50% recommending to get it. Um, but if you're on the Switch, what strategy RPGs can we get? Emblem. And that's it? What more do you need? Fire Emblem, get it! Yeah, definitely recommend Fire Emblem, but I got others to recommend. I remind, uh, recommend XCOM 2. Uh, that is um, definitely yep. one to get. Mario Plus Rabbits, that, thing is, that game is always on sale. Very, very good. Yeah, le- less RPG on that one though. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, you know, yeah, you you're right. It is less RPG, but definitely worth worth a buy. Um, yep. let me see here. <clears throat> I'm not seeing much of anything else. That's probably one of the weakest areas of stra- uh, of uh, genre in RPGs. It is. Um, there's uh, what's it called? Um. This fell seal is is Fel another seal. one. Yeah, that was the one I was checking with. So I would say fell <coughs> seal is going to be a more nuanced, interesting, uh, tactical RPG to play than because it you know it it at least has a story that takes itself serious enough, yep. and it's definitely a weird world in 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 fell seal, but uh, at least it takes itself takes that story. Uh, and sort of is grounded in it and takes it seriously. Right. Whereas Disgaea is um, the, even the comedy. The comedy of Disgaea is not good comedy, and it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, so definitely over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, might I also recommend? Is, would you consider Wargroove in this? There in this, uh, or is that just a uh, tactics? It's just Wargroove's tactics. I wouldn't put that in the uh, in this category. There. It, there's definitely I, tactics involved yeah. in Wargroove. It's just not, it wouldn't tickle the same fancy. Like, yeah. like uh, you're not getting player progression in Wargroove. Right. Um, also, don't want to forget ever the best game, the best RPG, in my opinion, Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you, want, you want tactical RPG. That is absolutely fantastic. Well, boom, right there. That's, right. Uh, you kind of can't get any better unless it's Fire Emblem. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you put those on heads... Switch. On Switch. Whatever. I, we're not going to get into it now. We'll, we'll get a freaking Fire Emblem Three Houses versus Divinity Original Sin 2 Clash. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little up in the air. Um, so with Disgaea 6. There, there could possibly be better games to play, but I, I will say that the uh, Disgaea fans will probably like it. Yeah, and <clears throat> just to reiterate, this is only if you are curious about it. If you're already a fan of Disgaea, you're gonna like this one. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we're not saying to not get it if you're a fan. If you're a fan, get it. What are you waiting for? You're yeah. gonna like it. Hey, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, Johnny. Um, do you want to go somewhere with me? Yeah. I do. Well, all right. Let's go to Rumorland. That was so dumb. That was so dumb. <laughs> we went there, 
<laughs> oh man, we went there. All right. Uh, Games Beat journalist Jeff Grubb has mentioned on his YouTube show. This guy has been. I will tell you, um, Jeff Grubb is in the middle of everything. So if you've been following any of the E3, um, like. Uh, rumors or whatever this guy's in the middle of it okay uh so games journalist jeff grubb has mentioned on his youtube show that ea is <clears throat> readying itself for an announcement that is sure to please core fans speaking on the latest episode jeff grubb's game mess mr grubb mr grubb uh said i think you'll be happy we're going to see we're going to see it if we're not dead first it sounds as if he could be alluding to the dead space franchise so if we're not dead first, do you get it? Do you get it? Okay. Um, oh, I. All right. So Dead Space. What do you What do you think on that rumor? I hope so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I totally hope so. Dead Space is essentially Resident Evil Four, but in futuristic space, space sci-fi. Time. Just amazing, amazing game. I have uh, Dead Space One and Two, and. Yeah. Uh, just really good stuff. It, uh, the spaceship itself is explorable. Um, it, it has like a Metroidvania-esque aspect to it. Uh, and as you're sort of searching through, you can pick up things that can level up either your weapons or uh, or your little backpack, whatever that thing that jacks into your spine is, whatever. Uh, your suit. Freaks me like, out. You can enhance your suit. Uh, it's just a really cool, awesome, uh, franchise and, uh, yeah, you only need one gun. You only need that. I forgot what it was called, but that like three way. Yeah. Thing. That laser laser thing. A plasma. Right. I think it's called that gun was okay. Yeah. So, um, here's the thing. Like I, you had put together this week's, um, show, um, for us. Thank you again for doing that. And before doing that, I had already known this, and this kind of just, I didn't know about Jeff Grubb's thing, but I knew about this. I knew that the Dead Space YouTube channel updates it, updated its profile picture after years of inactivity. So it had been gone from doing absolutely nothing to just recently updating its profile picture. So I think we're, there's, there's a, little bit of, a little bit of smoke here. A little bit. Yep. And it's kind of cool. All right, getting on to some more newsy stuff. GameStop reveals its top 10 video game pre-orders following E3. And guess what? What is at the top of this list here? Uh, it begins with an M and ends with a D. Yeah, I will tell you that almost all of these are Nintendo Switch titles. So we have uh, Metroid Dread at number, number one. Um, then we have Skyward Sword at two. Mario Golf, which is really kind of surprising. I didn't think that would be up there. Mario Golf, Pokemon, uh, Diamond and Pearl, Mario Party Superstars, Mario Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy. Uh, Far Cry 6, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Don't do it. Cancel your pre-orders. <laughs> Madden NFL 22 and Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus. The Pokemon Legends Arceus, that surprises me. That game isn't coming out until early, allegedly early next year. Yeah. And from what they showed off, it doesn't look good. No, nah, it needs a little, it probably needs a little more time, unless that's really old footage that we saw. But I wouldn't, that, that, that also doesn't make sense to me. So, but, but it's, it's <clears> number 10. But wow, like, like Microsoft showed off a, a good <laughs> deal of stuff. There was a lot of PC, uh, 
interesting PC games. Obviously, PC games don't really get pre-ordered, so I'm just surprised we're not seeing like Halo. No Halo there. Now, right. what about like Elden Ring? I, I think that could be up there. Um, Elden or... Ring, especially Elden Ring. That's probably <clears throat> one of the biggest games that got revealed. And yeah. uh, what was the big one for Microsoft? Um, Starfield. Starfield. That's it. Yep. But I mean, even so, that that showed no gameplay. So yeah, yeah. Well, most of a lot of what was shown uh, throughout all of the E3 stuff. Unless it was indie. If it was indie, lots of gameplay. But if it wasn't indie, if it was like bigger budget type games, uh, a lot of cinematics. Yeah. Not a whole lot of uh, not gameplay. Not too much. Yeah. Except for Nintendo. At least uh, just about all of what Nintendo showed during E3 was gameplay of some sort. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Nintendo dominating the pre-order, the post-E3 pre-order list. Six out of ten. That's crazy. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. I like it. And it's got the, the entire top five. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, next we have, um, probably should put this with the other review um, kind of subset here. We have Mario Golf Super Rush uh, reviews are, have, have poured in. Uh, it's been, it's been oh, about five days, so I think we have a pretty good uh, idea as to what is going on with Mario Golf. And it's the same with uh, this guy. It's it's kind of in the low 70s, um, kind of a lower average user score if you're looking at Metacritic. 72. Yeah, 72 Metascore, 6.2 user score. So it's, 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 and I'm just looking at the, I know we do, that does a whole aggregate type of thing, but man, this game is all over the place when it comes to uh, some of these scores. Yeah, it, it's varied a lot. There's there's perfect tens, and then there's uh, zeros. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I, the entire <clears throat> spectrum is present on on this game. They, they've oh, obviously wow. tried something very different in in terms of what Mario Golf is. So I don't. I I think I'm actually gonna get this. My son has been asking me for this. He's been seeing commercials on it. Either it's commercial or, you know, advertisements uh, that have been procured for him on YouTube. But he's, I, he's been asking for this. I apologize. I was looking at the user review scores. Uh, where you definitely for those see, zeros? Yeah. <laughs> big variance. <laughs> All right. No perfect tens on the critic side. Uh, the highest was 91. And the lowest, which is a big gap, is, I believe, 50. Yep. So yeah, that, that, that is a big gap. But so you, well, I just need to get a drink one second. That's why that's why you get an average. And yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, there's just kind of a semi lack of content or enough content and variation to sort of keep things going with the single player aspects of uh, the campaign mode or whatever it's called in Mario Golf. Mm -hmm. uh, that's generally. Uh, a complaint that I'm seeing here and there. Yeah, I'd, ha so, I'd have to look at the reviews, but maybe that's that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not a bad game. You know, even though it's in the 70s, that's still good, right? So if you are a fan of Mario Golf, or if you want to get Mario Golf, then get it. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna get it. I think I'm gonna do it. 
mostly because I need to stop my son from asking me. <clears throat> okay. What do we have here? Mario plus Rabbids. We did. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We will get to Mario plus Rabbids. But first, we have Chris Melod. Oh, I knew I was going to screw this up. I had it. I thought I had it so well. Melodandry. How, how did you get it on the first shot? Because I. You know how to read? I have no clue. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So he's the co-producer of Super Mario of the Super Mario animated movie has now joined the D Nintendo board of directors. So he's got a seat at the big table at Nintendo. Uh, a big table. Yeah. Like this is a big deal. We have ideas. Well, we do. An, an idea. <laughs> well, all right. So they're bringing in a, uh, the person who was the founder of illumination, yep. the studio. Uh, which did a whole bunch of different major projects. Uh, they worked on the, uh, they did the Ice Age movies and a bunch of other stuff. Right? Min minions. Uh, yeah, Despicable Me and, and yeah. all that stuff. So they do CGI film animation work. They've been doing it for quite a while. They're seasoned. They got, they've won tons of awards. Uh, and then they worked with uh, Nintendo and Shigeru Miyamoto working on the Mario animated film, which is going to come out sometime next year. And now they out Nintendo, which doesn't like foreigners at all. They sort of keep their board of directors very uh, Japanese grounded, which is fine. Mm -hmm. they, ha they bring out the big chair or a big chair for this person, this individual, uh, this co-producer of, of the Mario film. So either he buttered up Miyamoto real good uh, <laughs> through, like, really good words, or he's just <laughs> really good. I don't know. He's, he's, pro he's probably super talented, because Nintendo likes talent. <clears throat> so he's probably really, really talented, impressed, Shigeru and Nintendo overall with uh, the film that's coming up. So, I mean, this is this is saying something like I think the Mario movie is going to be quite excellent if Nintendo's willing to bring this person on board to the board of directors. Yeah, it could hope open up a um, a whole new branch of Nintendo, right? It, yeah, new, and like a movie division. Yeah. That that was something that we talked about before right. doing the recording. Yeah, this opens up that door to because this guy already started up the stu a studio to do this. Yeah. So better person who not only has the quality and the pedigree and the experience to do it, mm -hmm. they also got the seat. Right. They they've offered a chair on in the board of directors, and uh, they already have put one finger in the Nintendo franchise pie and it's the biggest finger at that it's Mario yeah yeah that's hey, like I, that like he uh, they protect that franchise right that Mario franchise with like kid gloves so i am hoping this leads to exactly what you said and what we discussed earlier which is Nintendo opening up a film production wing they they wanted to do this uh Miyamoto has been wanting to do this for a while now he did those um those uh pikmin short films um yep. and they've been hinting towards this and especially miyamoto himself has been 
wanting to do something like this. And I think this guy was is that opportunity for Nintendo to expand into that. We're going to see it. I yeah. think this is almost a lock. There's going to be an entire movie film adaptation angle uh, to Nintendo. And if I were Dis- Disney, I'd be shaking in my boots. Yeah. Yeah. Not only does this guy know the, know the business, right? He's got, like you had said, he has the experience, but he's been, and he's been doing it for a while. He already knows, he knows the, the system. He knows like, you know, what, to, what to do, you know, he knows the business. That's, that's really important. He knows it. He's got awards saying, showing that he knows it. Like, yeah, uh, it's, I'm, I'm very excited. The only, the only downside to this is it's still going to be a, a ways off. Yeah. Right? And that, and that's okay. And actually I would put another downside if we're going to be completely negative is that, um, we, we may only see, um, kid friendly franchises where say, for example, uh, they do like a Legend of Zelda. Do you want that to be a darker tone, or do you want it to be like a lighthearted tone, like a Mario movie would be or should be, uh, something like that? So I, that's that's where I get concerned. Like, all right, what what are the what's the age range here? What what are we trying to do here? I mean, I don't want to see a uh, Bayonetta. Um, I mean, maybe I would, but I you know, what are we doing? Are we going Super Mario? Are we going Bayonetta or whatever? You know, I think I think what's coming. <laughs> After Mario is probably going to be Pikmin. I think Pikmin's going to come in next, uh, along probably, with Pikmin Four, whatever uh, that is. <laughs> and and if not Pikmin, Kirby, definite. Mm. There there are some in Donkey Kong. Like like there are some easy grabs. Yeah, like you said, uh, younger audience, right? Kirby's an easy grab. Donkey Kong's an easy grab. Uh, Pikmin was already something that we know Miyamoto really wants to do, and and that's probably going to be a, a pretty easy grab as well. So all of those things are likely to happen, and I think if they do Zelda, they're probably going to go with like a original Zelda artwork. Yep. Type. Not, not saying the artwork, but like a world resembling the original Zelda, what, what the artwork in the original Zelda tried to depict. Or uh, or um, which is very similar to it, which is uh, a link to the past. So probably lean towards those two Zelda games as primary influences for building a world, and I think that could work because it it would cater towards a younger audience, but it wouldn't be too young to detract adults. And right, and, and... hey, don't, don't get me wrong, I'll still watch a Mario movie like with with the best of them. <laughs> don't absolutely, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm watching a Super Mario movie. I, I I've already watched it. It just hasn't happened yet. Right, right, right. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. So yeah, I, you're right. Could it be you know so far into the future? Uh, probably, probably. Oh, Star Fox is definitely going to be a thing. Like, there you go. Star Fox movie. That's that's a surefire. The only one, the only franchise I know for certain is not going to get a movie is going to be Metroid. <laughs> That one, that one's a lock. Metroid ain't happening. Oh man, yeah, probably. That one's a little too dark. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope development team is now three times bigger than the original. There, there's a lot going on in here. Yep, three times bigger means triple the budget. 
Triple the budget. All right, so Mario Plus, it was revealed at E3. Uh, digital event actually was leaked before that, but um, let me see here. Here's some... Now, this is... Who is this from? Well, it was a vague 2022 release date. Both Ubisoft employees shared a little bit about what fans can expect from the sequel to the well-received Mario Plus, Ra Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Here are some key points from the interview via Reset Era member Luke88. <clears throat> so, kind of a few bullet points. You can find this at my Nintendo News. Uh, the development team and general scope of the project, as stated previously, has grown considerably. The previous game was handled by Ubisoft Milan in Paris, with a team just over 100 developers. This time around, other Ubisoft subsidiaries are involved, and the team is three times as big. Wow. Yeah, And, and like we mentioned before, it's, it's now it's got the... Um, it's a little more open. Uh, there's a lot more going on. The battle system is very, very different. So, yeah. You can freely control the camera. Yep. That's a big difference. Uh, the That freedom of movement uh, when you're in battle, that's, that's a game changer. So, yeah. They're doing, they're taking risks. They're changing things up. They're sort of keeping what worked and just going crazy on things that people were perfectly fine with, uh, didn't think was a problem, right? I didn't think the original mechanics were, were an issue. I think they were pretty solid. They were simplistic, and like you had said before. There was, everything was just kind of simple, safe. I would say safe. Uh, simple and safe. And now they're kind of, all right, let's stretch our legs a little bit, right? Yeah, they're doing that, and it's great. They're, they're stretching their legs, spreading their wings, and I hope this bird flies. Yeah, speaking of flying... I don't know yep. why we're talking about this next article, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, Nintendo's Bill Trinon on Breath of the Wild 2. We don't even know if this is an RPG, but here we go. By the time you finish playing it, I think everyone's probably going to feel that this is its own thing. I think what they're worried about is that, you know, um, they're kind of <laughs> following up one of their best Zelda games ever, right? So they, they don't want, number one, they don't want it to be shadowed, right? Overshadowed by that. And then they want yeah. it to feel like it, like it's its own its own thing here. So this is during a treehouse event. Um, he had plenty to say to IGN, but what uh, about what Zelda Breath of the Wild two is? Even though he couldn't reveal anything new about the game itself, one topic in particular had been about comparisons to Majora's Mask and if the game was really its own thing. <clears throat> um, what I what I would be concerned about is this is this putting a bow in the Zelda timeline. Like, are we going back to the original uh, Skyward? Like, is this why Skyward Sword is a thing? Like, are we meant to just be reminded that Skyward Sword is the the kind of the original, kind of like this is where everything really just started? And now we've seen what Breath of the Wild 2 is, right? So we've seen where, or some of the, 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 the trailer where you're flying in between islands, you're in the sky, um, that sort of stuff. Are we seeing kind of a, a circle here? Uh, what, what, what's... Sort of connection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sort of, uh, how, how, how would you say it? Perhaps, perhaps they're, they're making some sort of link to the past. I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> So They're yeah, I, I mean the 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 timeline is so convoluted anyway. So I mean, there's so much jumping and and whatnot, and no one can agree on it. 
I can agree on it. You, of course, you could. Of course, you could. Uh, it's, it's what it's what Nintendo has shown. It, it is exactly that. Except no one knows where Breath of the Wild fits in a timeline, and Nintendo hasn't told us where it fits. So right. my guess is the timeline is uh, all the three different timelines converged into one, and then sometime later, uh, yeah. ten, maybe ten thousand years later, then we have Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So this is, from what I understand, that this is the direct continuation from Breath of the Wild 2. So are we going back in time here? What exactly is going on? But they did say that it's going to feel, or everyone's probably going to feel, that is its own thing. And I hope it is. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the... Well, that's what Nintendo's saying, but the complaint that everyone has is, oh, it's the same overworld that was in Breath of the Wild. But now there's like this whole sky element, which is a big deal. That is very but different. What people are concerned about is the ground world the same? Like they they want to they want to re they want to explore something new, right? They don't want to necessarily explore the same Hyrule fields, right? And you could see that there's that they are using the same map. Uh, it's transformed in some way. Who knows? Maybe it transforms. E- in in an even more significant way as you continue to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't know enough yet. I mean, look at uh, A Link to the Past, right? You, you end up playing the first three dungeons of that game, and then all of a sudden, uh, stuff hits the fan, and uh, you're in a completely different overworld. Just yeah. completely different. It's very dark. Table flipping. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So they they could do something like this. Like I don't think the sky just having these little sky islands are going to be <clears throat> enough and they're probably they're probably hiding a whole lot more. Yeah, I hope they are. Yeah. I I mean if the game is so so the original is so massive like they could easily hide a lot of stuff, you know. Yep. But um yeah, I that, I think that's great. I I hope they really do feel like it's its own thing because it, I don't think it needs to either, but I, I just f- would hate for it to be overshadowed. All right. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no I, I just, it's. It, it, Nintendo kind of has like, you, you could tell when they were talking about Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild came out that they were, that they had this confidence during their interviews or the things that they were saying. Yeah that they knew that they had something amazing and they were confident about it. It felt like they were confident about it. And you could kind of see it when they did their unveil where, where, um, uh, what's his name? The dev. Oh, uh, um, geez. It's, it's well, not coming to me. Yeah. That guy. Uh, where he's sitting on the, I think it was like sitting on a chair or standing. I forgot what it was, but it was like a white background. And all of a sudden, he like snaps his fingers. Miyamoto. Sudden, Jeez. Wow. No, it's, it's not Miyamoto. No? No. Ayanuma? Uh, Enuma, yes. Edgy, right? Uh, Edgy right? Enuma? Yeah. There we go. All right. And he snaps his fingers, and the whole like, the white background turns into like, you see Hyrule for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Link starts, you know, riding his horse around and stuff like that like that was incredible incredible and they haven't done that for uh for breath of the wild 2 
And I think what they're doing is they're holding back in order to do a moment like that. Some I, big, revealing, amazing moment. I think it all comes down to, I think um, it was IGN that broke this, where it could it's potentially the, the title of it is kind of spoilery, I guess. Oh, they they said it themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so they they're kind of they they are definitely holding back a lot. Yeah. And and it's kind of it kind of sucks. <laughs> Sorry. It kind of really stinks that the the title itself uh, is just going to be that spoilery. You know what I mean? Like I I hope it doesn't ruin any of the experience. Or maybe it's just spoilery, like, say, for example, the the Rise of Ganon. Let's just say it's called that. I'm like, all right, great. Now we know Ganon is coming alive. Maybe it's something as simple as that, but Nintendo thinks it's kind of a big deal. Um, I, I don't know. All right. Uh, lastly, we have The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD Overview Trailer. I actually totally missed this i don't know where that I, I think i was actually on vacation so i i totally totally did not even was not able to watch this so i'm just uh i'm just now catching up here uh so it goes over an overview of the story characters world and gameplay of the earlier title in the zelda timeline and it looks like um it's got see i really don't i hope it's not very reliant on motion controls Really hope it's not. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> you're using what looks to be the right stick to to manually aim your sword swings. Yeah, which is great. I think that's gonna that's gonna solve the problem for those who don't want to use uh, the motion, the right Joy-Con for for the motion sensing stuff, and it'll it'll work uh, because it's mapped to a stick. How can you mess that up? You don't know. It'll, it'll probably be flicked. You have to like flick it real quick, and it'll do the attack. Yeah, I I hope it's something really just not so convoluted, not so complicated, and because I just don't I just don't do motion controls. Um, but then they also went into the uh, Zelda and Loftwing amiibo, um, which I am for sure getting. Um, and what this allows is you can I guess from anywhere on the surface uh, world. You can quickly travel to the sky, even within the depth of a dungeon. Scan it again above the clouds to return to the same spot. A lot of people are mad about this. So this is kind of locking like an in-game feature to an amiibo. Yeah. So they're not happy about it. Eh. Who cares? <laughs> like, the game, the original game didn't have it, so... Yeah, right. What does it matter if they added something in here and they locked it behind Amiibo? So what? Yeah. Don't use it. You didn't need it when you played the original game. But don't get me wrong. That is a pretty... Uh, no, it's not. No? It doesn't. No. You scan it, you leave, uh, go in no, the sky. No? no? People, Come back. people who, who haven't played the game will think that's a big deal. I'm telling you this right now, it is not a big deal. When you go down to the ground... You don't need to return to the sky area. The sky area is not that important when you're playing through the game. <laughs> you, when you're once you're on the ground, you're staying there for a good while, right. and you're gonna you're gonna explore the land. You're gonna collect the weird what are the like spirit seeds or something like that, 
and then you're going to uh, unlock the dungeon, and then you're going to go in there and solve the dungeon and get the thing, and then you will return back up to the sky. But if I had an amiibo, I can do that any dang time I wanted. Yeah, yeah, but return back to the sky means nothing because you're, you're going to have to go back to the ground, back to where you were before. Anyway, there's no reason to go up to the sky. There's no reason. <laughs> there's, like, no reason to go up to the sky. All right, so the only... this is silly then, right? Well, I, I guess there's a slight reason to go up to the sky. Like, that's where all your crafting and and upgrading your your weapons and your armor and your you shield could, and all you could that. do it you could do a mid dungeon you could in theory but you don't need to that's like there's that, that's like a, like you don't you really don't need to like once you're on the ground like you don't need to return back like i like you're not gonna i mean i'm i'm i am clearly gonna have an advantage over you because i can fly to the sky anytime i want oh, you're, you're in a beast you're going to waste time doing that. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just beating that area, that zone, and the dungeon in it faster than you. Like We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's just a waste of time going back to the sky. Oh, you, you and your time management. Oh, look, it is. I, I, the game is very linear. <laughs> um, also, also to note, um, it does showcase some of the quality of life stuff uh, that they've made for the game. Also... It runs at 60 FPS. So people like Johnny, those FPS snobs, there you go. 60 FPS. 60 makes a difference. Whatever. 60. Uh, that is some silky smooth uh, stuff right there. Even though the game doesn't, the art style is not that great. Just But having it run at 60 frames a second, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's awesome though. Excellent, excellent. And that's going to do it for today. Oh. No, it's not. We have uh, upcoming RPGs. Yeah. So, a- uh, just looking at upcoming releases for our last little uh, little tidbit. Bop, 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 do. Uh, uh, so, what we have coming up, uh, there, there's some actual, like, big ones. Uh, I'm just trying to find my space. Uh, Sky Children. Sky Children of Light. Really? That's an RPG? I I I don't even know. Yeah, yes, it's it's it's, it's an RPG. Yeah, it's not an RPG. There's nothing about it's. Would you consider um, what's that game where you're, where you're in the desert? Um, Breath of the Wild. Journey. No Journey. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was just I was just naming you're, games. You're in the desert, right? You didn't give me much to go on. Uh, did you ever play Journey? I I did not. By the <laughs> way, Journey is incredible. Awesome game. You can beat the game in like three hours or less. Super quick game. Beautiful game. Just it's just a. It's one of the games that you could just hand it, hand the controller to like, to like people who do not play games, and they will have a good time. Mm. It's a very fantastical game. It's this game. Uh, Sky Children of Light is the same developers. It's another one of their games. It plays a lot like Journey, uh, from what I understand. It's free. What? It's free? It's it's an online it's an online game. Yeah. Uh it's not an RPG though. So I don't know why it's on this list. I don't know. I don't know about the game much at all. So Disguise Six is out, as we said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh what's this uh so there's this game called Vaster Claws Three Dragon Slayer of the God World. 
That's asking a lot. That sounds pretty epic. Oh, wow. Look at this game. It has got menus. It's a very menu-driven game. What is going on here? It's got like a uh, Sega Saturn old-school dragon force. That's a great way, great way to describe this game, honestly. Right? Yeah. You know, I might have to look at this game a it, little closer. It's got a pretty hefty price tag at $30, $30 though. If it's, if it's trying to mimic Dragon Force, sign me up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay the hefty price. So yeah, we have Vasta Claws 3. I didn't know I didn't hear about one and two. Uh, but maybe three is 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 up there. Uh, then let's go to, to uh, the futures. We have Alphadia Genesis Two. Uh, Alphadia Genesis Two is a uh, ba -ba -ba bomb. It is a strategy RPG. It <sighs> man trying to explain some of these games, um, you know, to the listening audience is uh, can be challenging at times because you you're always looking for something. All right, this reminds me of this. This reminds me of that. Uh, so, yeah, Alphadia Chronicles is a Kempco uh, strategy RPG. So if you're familiar with Kempco, you'll know you'll have the, the RPG maker-esque um, kind of overworld. Uh, but in battle, it goes to a totally different screen. It almost reminds me of Disgaea, uh, except without the elevations, things like that. <clears throat> but, um... Disgaea? Yeah, well... <laughs> it's nothing like Disgaea. I I don't need, okay so how do you, how would you, how do you how do you explain this as people? It looks like a typical turn-based RPG type of combat system. I would uh, reckon it to um, uh, Skies for Acadia, but there's another one that's um, kind of like it. Uh, it's a 3D turn-based RPG <clears throat> that um, Skies for Acadia. There were other similar games like it. Um, it looks a lot like that. Oh, I'm trying. I forgot what they were, but the, we're talking like PlayStation, Dreamcast, uh, era turn-based RPGs. You are, so, uh, yeah, you are great at actually coming up with these these things here. All right, so that is coming out July first, and it's uh, fourteen dollars or fifteen dollars on the eShop. Currently on sale at thirteen fifty. Uh, next, we have July second, Epistory, Typing Chronicles. <clears throat> this game looks awesome. Yeah, this one is um is very I would say this is very unique. Oh yeah. I I almost I think also that a USB keyboard is required. Is that how it works? I, okay. I think I think I'm not entirely sure. Uh I do know that one of our writers um Evan was interested in this game, but he was having some difficulty with the code, so <clears throat> I'm not sure what's going on there. But, um, yeah, it's an atmospheric adventure typing game that tells the story of a writer lacking inspiration who asks her muse to help her write her latest book. So you're essentially going on to um, this world, and it looks... It's not photorealistic. What, it's almost like diorama, but it's kind of an isometric view. And it looks like you're just kind of going through these areas where there's writing on the ground. And again, I'm not entirely sure if you're typing out these answers or questions or words, or if you're just kind of taking certain paths uh, to write this story. Um, but 
it looks really kind of really really cool really interesting yeah yeah the visuals uh i I watched a video of this game running it this is something to pay attention to and that unique sort of typing in order to get through it um yeah that is something special Uh, you're playing as like a lady riding on a weird multi-tailed fox thing oh Uh, yeah Cool. So that is uh, currently on sale for $12 at the U.S. eShop. And then perhaps, next. <clears throat> uh, yeah, perhaps the biggest game that's coming out relatively soon. So on July 6th, which is just one week away, we have Yeast 9 mm-hmm. Mushroom Nox. I played for the demo for this. I, was, I, was, uh, th- I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, so I'm really kind of excited to uh to play this yeah i'm excited that you're excited and i'm also excited because if it scores well enough and the scores already came out for the what the playstation 4 version of it um did it i'm not i'm not sure oh yeah no because it's already been out yeah yeah it's, it's already been out but not on switch yet so uh the the big key factors is does it run well and is it going to score well enough? And if it's yes and yes, I am totally on board because I like these games. They're uh, they are solid. We call it the solid art JRPGs that they're never going to be bad. They're never going to like be like amazingly good. Right. You're just gonna. You're almost guaranteed though to have a good time no matter what. Yeah. So for uh, just for reference, the Yeast eight, uh, Nine Monster Knox for PS4 got an eighty. So it's really just a, or and the user got an eight point three. So it's a pretty solid game. It's just, is it does it, how does it run? You know. Yep. And it, there's actually wow, there's actually more good games. Come <laughs> out. <next week. clears throat> really are, a lot yeah. of great. I the I put t- I put together the video for upcoming July games. I'm like, wow, yep. this is a heavy heavy month here. Yeah. Uh. So Aria Chronicle is. Looking good. I mean, the only thing about Aria Chronicle that is uh, a little off-putting is probably its price tag. It's uh, a $40 game. It's coming out on July 8th, but, you know, it's got good art. It's a slightly different style, and it it's got, looks like to have a uh, traditional-esque uh, turn-based combat system. The mm-hmm. characters look cool. They got lots of stats all over the place. They got a lot of stats. That's like crazy. <clears throat> so that's mm-hmm. you know it, it it it's got some depth, or maybe just it has a whole lot of complexity with no depth. We don't know, but there's <laughs> something there uh, potentially. And then the very next day, we have Monster Hunter Stories Two: Wings of Ruin. Yeah, and that's probably going to be the biggest one of the biggest games for the entire month of July. One of, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeast. That one, we got Zelda, we got Neo. Oh man, this month is going to be, or July is going to be crazy. Yep. I wouldn't overlook Chris Tales too. I know that that was kind of in development, kind of hell for a little bit, but Chris Tales visually looks freaking amazing. There's some time travel components to it. It's really kind of cool. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, sleep on that one as well. Were you the one playing, uh, on the uh the youtube let's play videos of fates of ort was that you that was me yeah what do you think of that game because we commented on that and i said 
oh, it looks like a game that I would like. Uh, it looks like it was up my alley because it, it looks it looks it looked initially bad. But for me, it, I saw it as like this old school kind of head nod, CRPG head nod. Yeah, it, it definitely has that. I, I think the 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 uh, mechanic that I did not expect. It's definitely definitely an action RPG, but <clears throat> the mechanic I wasn't expecting was when you're not moving, nobody else is moving. So you could throw out a spell; it'll literally sit in front of you until you start moving, and then once you continue keep moving. The spell will keep moving, or whatever. The enemies will move around you, but once you stop, everything stops around you. So it's almost gives you time to kind of assess what's going on around you. So it's kind of an interesting mechanic. Um, but <clears throat> there's just so much other stuff. Like you have to play the game in order to to, to understand. Like there's a lot of loot, uh, a lot of loot drops, a randomized loot. Uh, so that's always fun. Um, but I, I didn't, I only played about a few, a few hours of it. So I, I really, I know that this game has a little bit more, it's more detailed than that. So I really can't comment much more than that, but it's definitely a head nod to some of your old school CRP. Oh, yeah. I guess you could call it CRPGs, but it's with, it's an action game. Yeah. It's a, uh, a rogue like, uh, style game where it, it is that sort of dungeon crawler. You yeah. take a step, which is taking a turn, and then the enemies take their turn. Uh, but instead of it being turn-based, it's real-time with auto-pause. Yeah. And it's it's challenging, too, because I from the, in the very beginning, you get to choose between three sisters, and they all kind of do their different thing. One of the sisters uh, allows you, I think she allows you to cast magic without it depleting your health. And one of them is you cast magic with it depleting your health. So there's there's a lot of like checks and balances. You gotta you gotta figure out how you want to play. Um, it's it's like I said, there's there's a lot going on to this. It could be it could be a Johnny game. Yeah, you know what is a very much a Johnny game, and it came out uh, let's see uh, a little over a week ago. Ender Lilies, Quietus wow. of the Nights. Yep. And I was kind of waiting for more reviews to come in, and they did. And it's at 85 on Metacritic. And this is like a Metroidvania through and through. It's really checking the, the Castlevania side of that box. Yep. And it looks visually really good. It's scoring really well. It's starting to get a lot of attention. Mm. So... I'm probably because it's a beautiful looking game. I don't, I don't doubt that it's a really good game. It's got an 85, right? I understand that, but it's only based. That's only based on four reviews, so it yep. doesn't really have quite the pool. But if you look at the the user score, it says about 10 ratings at a 9.7. So I think you're you'd get a pretty good experience out of this. Well, there's that, and then on Steam, the Steam, uh, yeah, that yeah. probably has a bigger review base. It does. So on Steam, there is uh, almost 6,000 user reviews. A couple. Yep, a couple more. And the average for that is 94%. There you go. That's a, that is a Johnny game. A castle, uh, it's a Metroidvania, maybe Metroid, more Castlevania. And yeah. it, it's reviews well. Yeah. So I'm... Um, 
that will be another. I was kind of waiting for more reviews, and they came out, and it it it's not mediocre. It's better than that. It looks to be great, so I'm probably gonna scoop that up. Yeah, it, it looks awesome, though. I will say yeah. that it looks really good. Yeah, so uh, yeah, what a time to for RPGs. Like this, the time is now. Like things are looking real good across the board uh, between games that have just released uh, not too long ago. Uh, like Legend of Man is another one that released, uh, which we, which got reviewed on the site. Right? Maybe yep. if you're interested in that one, check out the review on SwitchRPG.com and just a gargantuan amount of uh, good and great or absolutely amazing games coming out this month or this upcoming month like mm-hmm. great time this is going to be a fantastic summer for switch gaming and switch rpgs i agree i agree that is going to wrap up today's episode of the switch rpg podcast thank you so much for listening and if you have any questions comments concerns don't forget to hit us up at podcast at switch uh, also if you listen on an app please don't forget to write us a review i see lots of people who listen to the show and we only have a small handful of reviews let's get those if we in if we can uh want to climb up those charts so yeah your support there would be great and finally remember you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your rpg needs on the nintendo switch and we'll see you in the next episode goodbye